Hey, good morning. Into this morning, Friday morning, July 14th. Wake up to the word. Got your coffee this morning. We are roasting. Uh, where's our applause? We are roasting uh, Green Mountain. Green Mountain Nantucket blend this morning. Hope you're enjoying any coffees that we recommend. And uh, let me know if you try any of the ones that we've talked about. Uh, try to get you keep doing a variety. Uh, some that we've uh, really enjoyed is. Uh, uh, you know, the um, New Newman's was, was great. A very good coffee. It is a little more pricey, but uh, it was really good. And then uh, some of the other coffees that we tried uh, when we um, French pressed them. That's another great flavor. If you don't have a French press, try that. All right, enough of the coffee talk. We are coming to you and hope you're listening to us. We are now broadcasting to seven countries. And uh, if you haven't heard that before... Our seven countries that we broadcast to, the United States, obviously, is our main listener, Canada, Mexico, Australia, United Kingdom, Papua New Guinea, and Malaysia. We have been heard over 1,300 times, and uh, we thank you so much for being such a loyal audience and sharing and uh, sharing this with your friends. We are now a uh, featured teaching tool on the Life Coast website. So if you go to the Life Coast website, you'll see in our growth drop down, wake up to the word. And you can click either on uh, YouTube or on Spotify where these podcasts can be seen and heard. So, uh, yeah, we're thankful for that. Uh, things are getting out. We're getting uh, people talking back. And this is uh, Wake Up to the Word coming to you live from the bowels of the Marksdale Communication Complex. And so, um, there we go. There's our applause from our studio audience that does not exist. And uh, boy, I get some work to do because. Uh, I had a computer mishap, and I actually lost the remaining breakdown of my chronological um, reading plan. So this is the last plan that I actually have, and uh, so I have to get some work done so we can get the fourth quarter uh, back recreated again, and uh, then all of next year. So, <laughs> so I got a little homework to do. So uh, you know, these things happen. I. I was I was actually in the process of backing up systems, and that's when I had the issue, and I lost a whole bunch of stuff, and I can't seem to retrieve it. I've tried everything, so all right, just uh, these things happen. I don't get my uh, myself all upset about it, but uh, let's uh, get into the Word of God. Let's get ready to rumble. Testament reading for today, Matthew 19 and 20, and uh, this starts right off with divorce, and we've talked about this multiple times, and I actually believe I went to this portion of scripture uh, last time I talked about it. I'll unpack it a little bit uh, again. Uh, people uh, seem to ask a lot of questions in this area, so we like to give uh, information, even if we double teach it, that's all right. We're good with that. Uh, so when Jesus, uh, this is 19, starting right at the top, 19 verse 1, when Jesus had finished these sayings, 
he went away from Galilee and into the region of Judea beyond, beyond the Jordan. The large crowds followed him. Uh, he healed them. He healed them there. And the Pharisees came to him and tested him by asking, and this is important, he knows what they're doing. <clears throat> is it lawful, lawful to divorce one's wife for any cause? That's a very important phrase, any cause. He answered them, have you not read that he who created them from the beginning made them male and female and said, therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and, and hold fast to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let not man separate. He said to, they said to him, why then did Moses command one to give a certificate of divorce and to send her away? He said to them, because of your hardness of heart, Moses allowed you to divorce your wives. But from the beginning, it was not so. And I say to you, whoever divorces his wife except for sexual immorality and marries another commits adultery. The disciple said to him, if such is the case of a man with his wife, is it better not to marry? But he said to them, not everyone can receive this saying. So... <clears throat> This this is um interesting portion of scripture in that I'm gonna cough. <clears throat> Don't know why I start coughing. Whenever I jibber jabber, I guess I get the coffees. <laughs> so um right at the beginning, the, the the important question is it lawful to divorce one's wife for any cause? And when you understand the dichotomy going on in that time, there were two camps uh that uh uh, taught about divorce. One was an any cause camp and the other was only for marital infidelity camp. And so these camps were vying to be right. And so the test was, whose camp are you in? They weren't really testing his knowledge of theology. They weren't really testing uh, whether he uh, uh, whether he understood the scriptures. They were testing, they were trying to discover which camp he's in. Are you in our camp or are you in the other camp? But Jesus answered their question, and I've and I addressed this in a message. I may have addressed it in one of the podcasts as well. Have you not read that he who created them from the beginning made the male and female, and therefore, and this is a quote from the Old Testament. Actually, it's a paraphrase from the old from the uh, Genesis. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother. It's a near quote, I should say, father and mother, and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two but one. What therefore God has joined together, let no one separate. The, the quote is almost exactly like Genesis, but if you go all the way back to Genesis, which I did last time as I recall, the word two is not there. For It says they, and they shall become one flesh. Because there was only two of them at the time. So it's understood the two shall become one flesh. It's understood in the Hebrew. This is given in Greek. Uh, Jesus may have said it in Hebrew or Aramaic, but it's written in Greek. But the two is an important word that's added. Because these people tested him, testing him believed in polygamy, allowed polygamy, let it go on. That's more than one wife. They had multiple wives. And so he's saying, this is God's camp. The two shall become one flesh. So the two people, uh, we're not supposed to be having all of these uh, wives. So... 
Then they said to him, why then did Moses command one to give a certificate of divorce? And the truth is he'd never commanded it. He allowed it. Moses allowed it. Why? Because men have men and women have hard hearts. So what's God's best? Always being together. God's best is to stay together, work it out, do it right the first time. That's God's best. Don't rush into marriage. Don't be forced into marriage. Don't. But when you are married, work at being the best you can be within that marriage. And, <clears throat> and that's not always easy. And in this time, in this day and age, there actually was um, arranged marriages. So you don't always get to pick who you married. Um, but God still blesses marriage. It's still something he blesses. But some are called not to be married. And that's what he went on to say with the eunuch thing. Um, very unique, eunuch people. And um, he's talking about that. Some people are eunuchs because of nature. Some people are eunuchs because of uh, it's been done to them. Other people are eunuchs for the kingdom of God. And they're not really eunuchs. Uh, they just, they're not interested in the sexual part of life. They're interested in spreading the kingdom of God more than wife and life. Um, and that's okay. Uh, people are called to that. Uh, but remember, from the beginning, God said it's not good for man to be alone. That's a very important uh, distinction in that uh, what Jesus is saying. So um, the next part is let the little children come to me. Jesus loved children. And, you know, all this hullabaloo going on with uh, the sound of freedom, uh, the, the bottom line in this, uh, which really amazes me, uh, you see the news or different uh, articles or things like that, that p media and different uh, organizations are upset because maybe some of the stats weren't right in the film or they mentioned uh, some conspiracy theories. Uh, <clears throat> whether the conspiracy theories are true or not, whether the stats were perfect or not, the gist of it is little children are being kidnapped and trafficked. Uh, why aren't you bothered by that, but you're bothered by the possibility of a conspiracy or the possibility of a statistic being wrong? There's something wrong with your mind and your heart if you're not upset about children being trafficked. That, that, that's, that would be my issue. If I'm ever asked... Made, someone ever makes a comment to me that says, well, the stats were, in that were wrong. Yeah, but children are being trafficked. Well, they, they're, they're like QAnon people. They're like all conspiracy. Yeah, but children are being trafficked. So who cares whether they got that right, whether that's true or not? Who cares? Children are being trafficked, and we should be outraged about it, more outraged than we are. I'm sorry. Rant over. All right. Let's, uh, there's got to be a bell, right? Do we have a bell for that? Yeah. No, that's a rim shot. We don't want that. <laughs> All right, time to get back into, uh, let the little children, Jesus loved the little children, and uh, he wants us to love the little children too. The rich young man. This is very interesting. The initial question <clears throat> asked is, um, uh, behold, a man came up to him saying, Teacher, what good deed must I do to, uh, to have eternal life? And that is an interesting question because many, many people believe that good deeds lead to eternal life. We have a horn for that? No, a buzzer? 
Yeah, there it is. That is the wrong answer. Wrong answer. And this is the right answer. And he said to him, why do you ask about what is good? There is only one who is good. And if you would enter life, keep the commandments. He said to him, which ones? And here, this is interesting. Jesus answered him. Jesus answered him with these commandments. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. Honor your father and mother. And then the one, the uh, extra, the 11th commandment. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Um, and the young man said, all of these I have kept. What do I still lack? Jesus said, if you would, if you would be perfect, go sell what, sell, you, sell what you possess and give it to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come and follow me. Ding, 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 ding. When the young man heard this, he went away sorrowful for he had great possessions. Truly I say to you, only with difficulty will a rich man enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. When the disciples heard this, they said, well, who can, who can get into the kingdom of heaven? Uh, with man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Okay, <clears throat> some very cool things going on here. The six commandments he mentions are all the people commandments. That's uh, five through ten. So uh, those are all the people relational commandments. Jesus never asks him, you shall have no other gods before me. He never says to keep that one. The other one he says is, remember the Sabbath to keep it holy. Doesn't say that one. You shall have no graven images. Doesn't, doesn't say that one. So... <clears throat> And he says, you shall love your neighbor, but not love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Doesn't use that one. That half of the the, the great uh, commandment that he gives. <clears throat> so he gives all the people ones because he knew that this guy was a good guy. And if you're only listening to me, I'm putting up my air quotes. He knew he was a good guy. So it's not being good. What good deed, what good deed must I do? To inherit eternal life. And what do we say? Does that get you to heaven? I'm sorry, the answer is no. It does not get you to heaven. The only thing that gets you to heaven is love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Follow me. That's it. Everything else has to be less important than Jesus. Surrender, complete surrender. That's what he's saying. That's what he's telling him. That's what needs to be done. All right. We're uh, uh, coming up to the end here. <clears throat> oh, there's another interesting part that at the right at the end of that segment, right at the end of 19. Peter asks a question. I'm going to cough again. Peter asks a question, starting at verse 27. Then Peter said in reply, this is after Jesus said, nothing's impossible with God. See, we have, we have left everything and followed you. What then will we have? Kind of a selfish question. But Jesus said to them, truly I say to you, in the new world, new world, I didn't say heaven, in the new world, when the Son of Man will sit on his glorious throne, you will have followed me, you who have followed me will also sit on 12 thrones, so he's answering specifically the 12 apostles, judging the 12 tribes. So here's the distinction 
We've talked about New Testament apostles before, and there are New Testament apostles. Uh, um, Paul is referred to as an apostle. Barnabas is referred to as an apostle. Apostle, not an impossible, an apostle. Uh, Timothy, uh, uh, even uh, Priscilla and Aquila. New Testament apostles are referenced. There's no less than eleven uh, people listed as New Testament apostles and written down as New Testament apostles. And I'm not talking about the 12. They're not 12 apostles of Jesus. They're not those. They are New Testament apostles for a New Testament mission. The 12 apostles were part of Jesus coming to Israel and their mission was Israel. They stayed ministering to Israel. There's another reference to that. I believe it's in Galatians. I'll I'll find it for you. Um, I didn't know I was going to talk about this. I just kind of saw it and, and ran with it. Um, <clears throat> but And so these 12 apostles are going to judge Israel within the uh, millennial kingdom, I believe. That's what this is talking about. Because when Jesus comes and sits on his throne of glory in the new world, not in the, uh, the uh, eternity, in the new world, they're going to judge the 12 tribes. And that's what's going to occur during that period or very early with the new heaven and new earth, which could be exactly what he's talking about as well. New earth uh, and the new world. So um, this is the judgment portion, which very well could be taking place uh, when the new heaven and new earth come down. So, um and these New Testament apostles were called to be sent to uh, to bring the church to to advance the kingdom of heaven through the church. That is God's plan. You may not like organized church. You may not like uh, the church itself. You may think that the church is is not. Uh, the way to go, organized church or different religions or denominations. And I'm not saying all of them are right. What I'm saying is if they're chasing after Jesus, yeah, we may not have all the details right. I get that. We may not have all the details right. But if we're chasing after Jesus, if we're advancing the kingdom of God, because Christ said he will build his church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. The church are the people who are advancing the kingdom of God. And how they gather might look different in different places, in different cultures, at different times, but there were still Christ followers in all of them. So uh, some some may be counterfeit, but you've got to believe, find the one that's chasing after Christ, that's sticking to the word of God. And even though they got warts, they're, they're, they're the bride of Christ, warts and all. So, all right. Uh, uh, laborers in the vineyard. <clears throat> so this is the story Jesus tells this parable about a master who has a vineyard and he's, he hires people and he hires them at the first hour and the second hour and third hour and the tenth hour. But then he pays them all the same and, and the people who were hired in the first hour got very upset, say, why are they getting paid the same as me? And... Uh, the answer down at the bottom, 13. But he replied to the one, Friend, I am, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Day's pay. Take what belongs to you and go. 
I choose to give to this last worker as I gave to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or do you begrudge my generosity? So the last will be first and the first will be last. And so this is what some people's attitudes are that uh, I worked my whole life serving Jesus. And now this guy is 90 years old, comes to Jesus, and now he's going to get eternal rewards too? Yes, he is. Yes, that's the answer. Because we have a generous God who's offering free gift of eternal life to everybody. So it doesn't matter when you come in. We're just hoping that you do come in. And that needs to be your heart as well as mine. So that's what this parable is about. That, you know, don't give up on people and welcome them into the kingdom when God turns their heart and they come into the kingdom. Jesus foretells his death. Um, <clears throat> he's, he just, he really just says it. Uh, verse 18 of chapter nine of chapter 20. See, we are going to up to Jerusalem. The son of man will be delivered over to the chief priests and scribes and they will condemn him to death and deliver him over to the Gentiles to be mocked and flogged and crucified and he will be raised on the third day. People say Jesus didn't predict his death. That certainly sounds like Jesus is predicting his death. They say Jesus didn't predict his resurrection. That certainly sounds like Jesus predicted his resurrection. Pretty clear, pretty cut, pretty dry. That's the spot. Matthew 20 verses 17 through 19. Pretty easy. I don't know if you could hear that alarm or not, but I have a meeting coming up in half an hour, so we'll be done by then. Um, a mother's request. Oh, this is so funny. The mother of the sons of Zebedee, the, the sons of thunder, as they were called. Um, she's asking for them to be on Jesus' right hand. She's not asking it. She's all this. Uh, if you, I'll read it. Sounds like she's commanding it. Um, <clears throat> then the mother of the sons of Zebedee came up to him with her sons and kneel, kneeling before him, she asked him for something. And he said to her, what do you want? And she said to him, uh, say that these two sons of mine are to sit one at your right and one at your left in your kingdom. Jesus answered, you do not know what you are asking. And then he goes on to say that his... Uh, but they, they can't drink from the cup. And she said, they said, oh, we'll, we'll drink it. And he goes, it's not for me to grant, but it's for those, for those for whom it has been appointed or prepared by my father. So, um, yeah, 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 that's a, it's funny. Uh, mother's love, she wants that for her, ch her children. I get it. I understand. Um, Jesus probably had a good chuckle over the whole thing. And then he says, uh, uh, This is a great little saying, start at 25. But Jesus called them to and said, uh, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them. Uh, it shall not be so among you. But you gotta, you got to act differently. Kingdom people act differently. But whoever would be great among you must be your servant, and whoever would be first must be your slave. Even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And Jesus went on to heal two blind people, but I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, two blind men in the road. He touched their, he touched their eyes and immediately they recovered their sight and followed him. 
that's really a picture of salvation. Uh, and we got to understand that we need to share the gospel of Jesus Christ more than we do. Share the love of Christ. Serve people uh, more readily. Um, our generosity of our time, talent, and treasure with people in the community is going to speak volumes. It's going to open doors as you serve people. It's going to open the doors and, and, and give the opportunity for Jesus to open their eyes so that they can follow him. That's all we got for today. This has been New Testament Friday of Wake Up to the Word. We're so glad you joined us. And uh, we will be here next week. And uh, Chewie, yeah, Chewie's going to be here. And I'll be back. Arnold, they're all going to be here. So we just hope that you join us. Share it with a friend. Let them know. They don't have to go on Spotify now. We'll go on uh, YouTube as well. I got uh, 30 episodes uploaded. 16 more to go, and I will... uh, No, 26. 26 more to go, and then I will have uh, all the episodes loaded up. So uh, we're playing catch-up, but we're getting there. So if someone's starting new, they can go to YouTube and start fresh. Love you guys. Have a great, great weekend. Come on out to Life Coast Church. Our One of our elders, Jeff Howell, will be bringing the word, continuing our series on kingdom people. Love you guys. Have a God kingdom first weekend.